Welcome to Scale and Bail with John Woolley and Ben Zawalski, presented to you by Innovate. This weekly podcast is designed for those of you that are looking for ways to be more efficient and effective in the gym without feeling like you have to max out every workout. We'll be covering topics relative to all aspects of fitness, and we'd love to spend time with you here each and every week, so get subscribed on all your favorite podcast apps and YouTube. Now on to the show. Ben Jawalski, what's up? I'm doing all right, although I'm very impressed with your professionally curated background. <laughs> yeah, well, was, or, you know, sometimes I just do things when I get bored. I, uh, I did a podcast last night and we use these Zoom backgrounds, you know. And so I, when I logged in this morning to do ours, I had the one on the previous night and I had a few minutes before you logged on. So like I ginned that thing up in about 30 seconds. That would take me multiple hours of work, whatever, whatever you did, that would take me multiple hours. Literally took me minutes. Uh, I saw your story story this week. You got a bunch of new shoes in, bro. I did? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I saw a bunch of pictures of a bunch of Innovate shoes flying into your house, some black ones and some 260s. And was that this week? I don't know. I can't keep track of it, but I do. I do. Dude, I love the 260s. I think they're, they might be my new favorite. Yeah. Um, How many times you yeah. worked out on them? Um, let's see. Probably three or four times at this point. Um, yeah, I like them. They're like a perfect happy medium between the 245s and the 300s. Like the 300s, admittedly, like they're like a little, they're great for, for the gym, but like when I try to, I actually tried to wear them like playing uh, pickleball the other day, like sports and running around outside. And they, they didn't, they weren't, I couldn't like lock them down to my feet as, as much because they're just a bigger shoe with a bigger sole. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're extremely comfortable for like lifting and stuff like that. But the 245s are like, you know, really minimalist, like quick, dry trail running shoe. Um, and the two sixties are just like this perfect happy medium. So of course, like I'm actually back in Maryland right now. Um, I'm in my parents' basement. Um, as you can see, we got, we, we are cool and we have, uh, decorations that make it look like we know how to gamble. Um, and then I'm currently, my computer is on a uh, pool table. So we have a fun little basement down here. Anyway, um, the, the shoes that I packed were the 260s because it was like, I'm going to be on the road for the next couple of weeks here in Maryland for unfortunately a funeral and then heading to Mexico City and then Austin, Texas. And I was like, well, I only have room for one pair of nice shoes and one pair of fitness shoes. And I picked the 260s because I think they're the best. They're my favorites right now. You are Scott Panching did a good job. Scotty P did a good job. Do you ever feel guilty when you walk past your favorite shoes because you're wearing new shoes? Because I do. I walked past my 245s the other day. They were sitting on the floor in my bedroom and I had on the 260s. I'm like, oh, I miss you guys. I need to wear, <laughs> I need to wear you now. Oh, you guys are so cute. Miss you. It's like breaking up with a girlfriend. You're just like, hey, sorry. The new, the new girl's just that much better. <laughs> or that's what you tell yourself, but really they don't care at all. Yeah, you're going to get... You're gonna get us hate mail if we delve too deep into that. So we'll just we'll skip that all together. But uh, <laughs> we're just we're just gonna pass on that. We're gonna pass on that all together. But yeah, I like them. I've been wearing them for everything. Truthfully, I did the same thing. I took them on um, my trip to Mississippi when I went down to see Old Roy. Yeah, and um, yeah, they've been really functional. They've been good for everything I've used them for so far. Of course, you know I'm much like this podcast, scaling all the workouts, and um, they do exactly what I want them to do, which I don't think about them. Yeah. You know, like I just don't give them a second thought when I'm wearing them, which to me is highest praise you can give a shoe. If you're not thinking yep. about it, they're doing their job. So yep. they're, they're comfy. But then I also, I really like the, I like how they have like a wide toe box. Like they definitely have like a different frame than a lot of shoes. Like a lot of shoes kind of like cramp your toes in, right. in the toe box. So this is definitely built for a foot, <laughs> right? Like you look at your feet and, <laughs> and, it, and it's shaped like a foot. And anyway, I'm excited. I'll, I'll probably play some pickleball today or maybe go go lift some weights after we're done this call but either way i'll definitely get a lot of use out of them uh speaking of sponsors did you get the new you can stuff have you got the, did you get the little squeezies the strawberry 
Banana. No, 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 they'll come to you. The new they flavors. Forgot, they, for, they forgot about me. I need them. Okay. I'm over here mountain biking and well, let's, let's be your Colorado stuff. You're on the road 24 seven. So maybe they showed up and you just haven't gotten home yet. That is very true. I might not have seen them yet, but no, haven't yet. I'm excited to try them. Cause I love, um, like gel carbs, like the squeeze carbs. Um, yeah, I've tried from other brands in the past. Um, they're just a super, super quick way to, get carbs. And if there's one thing I've realized when you have longer workouts, uh, I used to just power through like longer workouts. Uh, and then I realized that especially like my morning workouts, if I don't wake up and at least get a little bit of carbs in my system, um, I used to just do some oatmeal. Sometimes it's a little hard to do. So just crushing one of those little squeeze carb things, uh, is really, really clutch, especially if you have like a, a longer cardio session, like for me again, mountain biking or climbing a mountain or whatever, uh, doing that early in the morning is going to be really clutch. And now it's almost snowboard season. So when I'm hiking up the mountain to snowboard, uh, that is going to be a very, very useful tool in my toolbox. I love talking to you because you just have all these hobbies that no normal human has. Oh, you know, when I go to Vail to go snowboarding after I get back from Mexico from, 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 a, from my business conference, from my business conference. And then after I go on my hiking trip through the Alps, um, <laughs> You know, meanwhile, here I am in Cleveland going, yeah, I'm, I might go to the west side of Cleveland today. <laughs> I'm going to go outside today. Yeah. Maybe I'll see the sun. Exactly. Colorado no. is cool, man. It's just, it just, you know, it's just got a lot, of, lot to offer. So I'm trying to make sure I take advantage of it. Yeah, Cleveland's got so a lot to offer. Short. Life is short, John. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, uh, the new flavor of these things when you get them are really, really good. So I have been doing the orange. They had the orange that I've been doing forever. And now these are strawberry banana. And it's got that what you would expect, like kind of smoothie taste to it but not the smoothies that make you throw up after a workout like you do (laughs) not the infamous ben's berry smoothie that just made me vomit every crossfit workout for the first three three or four times yeah no (laughs) these are these are really like and i tell you what i've been doing recently and we'll talk about this as we get in is um my workouts i've been doing i have just been setting a running clock for like the last week or so and just kind of getting all my work within that time so instead of you know, saying, all right, I've got this Metcon that I'm going to do and it's five rounds and I'm going to go as fast as I can. You know, I'll have one of those, but it'll be in conjunction with two or three other things. And I get 60 minutes to complete yeah. everything. Right. And so I've been taking the UCAM before that because I've been viewing it kind of what you're describing as like a long bike ride or a long run or, you know, something where I have to pace myself and have kind of a steady stream of energy. And it's been perfect because it doesn't fill me up, doesn't, uh, you know, give me a full stomach and, and doesn't upset my stomach, which for me, if anyone that's ever run before and taken the stupid little gels and get out on a five mile run and realize, oh, my stomach's upset from the gels. And now I need to find a place quick. You know, <laughs> it, it doesn't do that. So it's, uh, it's been really great. And if you guys want to buy it, uh, you can get it on their website, which is, uh, you can.co and use our, our uh, code scale and save 20%. And it's great stuff. And that's on all their other stuff too, by the way. So um, I wanted to talk about nutrition, Ben, because we don't normally do podcasts at eight in the morning. And uh, I woke up like this, by the way. So if you guys want to know how pretty I am at eight in the morning, and it occurred to me that uh, as I was sitting here making my morning coffee, that there are people that are far more functional than the two of us that are actually getting up to go to the gym. And uh, so I thought it'd be fun to talk a little bit about maybe the differences between uh, early morning nutrition and afternoon nutrition, or, you know, do you, sure. do you view them as different at all? I do, but I'm just curious, like how you, how you sure. view those two. Well, first of all, John, I just want to tell you that your hair is looking fantastic this morning. I know I, um, I didn't even do it. That's the amazing thing. I mean, the fact that you can wake up like that is uh, truly impressive. spectacular. It took me hours to get ready this morning. Right. Um, so, in short, my in my opinion, um, and the way that I approach nutrition, the difference between morning nutrition and afternoon nutrition is is non-existent. Simply because nutrition as a whole is it can be obviously extremely complicated and I'm not a nutritionist and neither are you. Um, so it's something that we really have to make sure people understand. However, nutrition as a whole, um, is about providing energy and nutrients for your body to do things that it wants to do. 
whether it's, you know, just normal body functions or extra body functions like we're trying to do, which is exercise. In the morning, you're, the, the only like a difference is that you're waking up from generally a fasted and also dehydrated state. So my primary objective in the morning is to hydrate. And that's what I prioritize first is I wake up and I like literally right, right before I, this is filled with cold brew coffee. Cause my mom knows every time I come home, she has a whole big bottle of, of cold brew waiting for me in the fridge and she's the best. And I love her so much. She's probably listening somewhere in the house. Um, but what I did was I filled up this, this like water bottle with water twice and just chugged it, filled it up again, chugged it. And then now I'm sipping on coffee because my goal right when I wake up in the morning is I've just gone, you know, on a good night, eight hours on a bad night, five hours <laughs> without drinking any water. And, and a lot of times when you wake up, you, you know, pee first thing. So it's like, you are, you are probably the most dehydrated that you're going to be, or hopefully going to be for the rest of the day. And your goal is to, to get to a, a, a baseline level of hydration. So first thing in the morning, hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. If I was going to the gym, uh, a lot of times I kind of play that by feel because most CrossFit workouts, again, I do not think most CrossFit workouts warrant lots of fueling. Like if, we, if we're going in and we have a, a 20 minute Metcon, realistically speaking, from a fuel perspective, our body can handle that. And this is a broad generalization. But if I'm going in for a normal CrossFit class, lifting, Metcon, I can do that on a fasted stomach because I'm, I'm kind of used to it. There are some people who are like, there's no way I'd be able to do that. Or they're going and, and uh, like I have experienced a little bit in Colorado, it's like some of the longer workouts or, or going and doing some mountain biking or, or something that's like longer duration. For the first time ever, after fasting and working out for a really, really long time, I started actually noticing performance deficiencies because I didn't do anything other than hydrate. So I would just have this water, maybe some coffee, or maybe a pre-workout if I didn't want to have coffee. And then I, I realized that sometime in the workout, I would like actually start to cramp a little bit. And I just, I'd start to feel tight and I'd start to feel fatigued. So then and only then did I start introducing pre-workout carbohydrates. And that has really helped um, to prevent those, that cramping, that, that feeling of fatigue. So I think morning nutrition can be completely ignored to focus solely on hydration. However, if you do start to notice perhaps a little bit of fatigue or cramping in, in my case is what was happening uh, on longer workouts, then you could introduce some sort of very simple carbohydrate in the morning and that could help you get through that workout. But in a large part, I don't think it's as big of a deal as for CrossFitters specifically. I really don't think like trying to optimize your morning to squeak out every little inch of, uh, of performance is necessarily important unless you're noticing that it's tanking your efficiency or if you're doing multiple sessions a day, which most of us are not. That's my I worry, I worry on the AM more about how hard the workout is than what I'm eating or drinking. If I'm being honest, like mm -hmm. meaning I know my body's not in its most optimal state to take on a heavy load or do a max run or, you know, whatever, you know, there's yep. a million things it could be. And so I worry more about that and, and spend more time, in the morning thinking about how am I going to scale this workout? Then what am I going to eat before it personally? Yep. Um, I'm with you. I, I routinely work out in a fasted state if I'm working out in the mornings because I, it's, and again, I'm not a nutritionist, but I've done a lot of running in my life. Like I did, you know, a couple of, I did one marathon, a couple of halves, a couple of really long trail races, like 18 miles or so. And, uh, and so over the course of time in that training, when you're studying for it and like kind of, you know, reading all the details, I came to find out that your body will kind of store 30 to 40 minutes worth of energy. If you have nothing in it, like it's storing energy, it knows it has to do something again, and your body gets in a routine. So if you routine, like, again, this is my belief, if this nutritious has a better idea, feel free to DM it to me, but it's been my experience that when I was routinely working out in the mornings, my body was used to that. And so I would have enough energy to get through what I needed, but then I'd have to eat right after, you know, it's just mm. kind of what I got used to. Uh, these days when I do it, um, I did kind of what I described before. I'll do 
a Ucan bar or one of the squeezy packets. Uh, you mentioned oatmeal. I love oatmeal, mm-hmm. you know, but I, again, I try to keep it light. Like I try to stick to things that are easily digestible. And I also try to eat them in enough time prior to that workout that they are actually digesting. Because that what I don't want to happen is my body to be working on digesting while I'm working on something else. Because now you're yeah. doing two things, not one even though you can't see that second thing. Yeah. And, and then you're, and then you're working on not vomiting for a very large yeah. part of <laughs> Well, and you're impacting your workout and not even realizing like you can go, Oh man, I felt slower today than I should have. And not even realize, well, maybe it was that peanut butter you had before you went in, you know, yeah, there was, there was such a long time in college specifically, like back when I had, you know, just drank the CrossFit Kool-Aid and it was all about paleo. Right. So like, I mean, it was like pale, it was like sweet potatoes was the only starchy carb for whatever ridiculous reason, um, which just by the way, regular potatoes are perfectly fine and also have tons of nutrients. Um, It's kind of crazy how like, oh, sweet potatoes are fine, but you know, like red potatoes or white potatoes. No, you can't have those. Anyway, um, I just remember waking up and making these like massive sweet potato hash with bacon and like, and like seven eggs and just having these yep. like gargantuan breakfasts and then going and training. And yeah, it would just, my stomach would not even be close to be prepared to exercise, but I just thought like, that's what we do here. Like we're crossfitters, we eat breakfast and it's a big ass breakfast with a ton of, a ton of sweet potatoes and bacon. Cause that's healthy for you apparently. And then also lots of eggs. And yeah, there, it took, I no longer do that. Let's just put it that way. But um, if, if you just have these gargantuan meals, you could be used to it, I guess, because at the time I was used to that, but I'm sure it's not optimizing performance unless you're eating that, you know, two hours prior to your workout. Because if you, if you think about it, your body's working on digesting while it's also working on exercising. It, 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 it does, those two things don't align. And that kind of goes back to, I think our original episode of, me when I was literally upstairs doing my first uh, CrossFit workout ever, um, vomiting multiple times in a row because I would wake up, I'd crush a giant fruit smoothie and then immediately go into the Metcon. And that's just not giving your body enough time to assimilate those nutrients and, and like be done processing. So I just say like for anyone who's worried about uh, morning nutrition, just focus on like try test, like realize that you don't have to optimize every little thing in your life just go to the gym. Don't let like, Oh, I didn't get my, my 27 grams of carbs before this workout. I can't go to the gym because it's not going to be perfect. That's not the way to approach it. Like get your consistency in. But if you're realizing that in the gym, you, you don't feel properly energized, obviously caffeine helps. And then having some carbohydrates specifically, that's what your body's going to use for fuel in these CrossFit style workouts try to get some carbohydrates in about, I don't know, I'd say like, depending on, on the types of carbs, like, especially if I'm eating like oatmeal, I try to do it about an hour before I train some of the squeezy pack things that are maybe more simpler carbs, easier for your body to digest, you know, like 30 minutes before you train uh, could be a good idea. And then also realize when you go to the gym, a lot of times there's a decent warm up, you know, 15, 20 minute warm up. So a lot of times I'm crushing those carbs before I'm going to the gym um, on the ride there. So that's my yeah, strategy. I agree with all of that. And I, I kind of view the PM workouts the same way. Like I, I don't believe in the timing of, um, of food, meaning you'll, you know, people will say, well, don't eat after 6 PM or don't eat after eight or, you know, don't have carbs after whatever, like eat what you're going to eat. Like, and it, you know, to go talk to a nutritionist, I'm not going to give anyone advice on that. You got to figure out what's best for you. My, you know, my theory is don't underfuel. That's tends to be most people's problem. Is that, you know, if they're doing CrossFit for some sort of weight loss or, or even other reasons, they will tend to underfuel, not realizing what they need to get through the kind of the volume, what some of these workouts are. Um, but the timing of it for me is like, how soon will I be working out? So in the PM, it's kind of like the AM. If I know I'm working out at two, then I'm eating by noon. Cause for me personally, I need an hour and a half to digest. Mm-hmm. At least, you know, and I think you got to, everyone's got to play that by ear a little bit. Like everyone's body's a little different, but for me, I need that time. Otherwise, you know, I'm going to be grabbing my knees in that workout thinking, all right, where's the garbage can? <laughs> this yep. isn't going to be good for me. Um, and I, you know, I keep my PM meals no different than my AM. Like I don't, 
I don't give it a, a second thought of whether, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to eat sweet potatoes at breakfast or in, in the afternoon, like the time of day I'm eating them doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Nutrient, nutrient timing is something like there's like this hierarchy that actually uh, Andy Morgan, uh, Eric Helms and a couple other people. Um, I have a nutrition course under the wad prep brand called no nonsense nutrition, but ultimately it talks about like, there's a hierarchy of importance. Um, the fundamental baseline, the most important aspect of your nutrition is calorie intake or calorie balance. Um, because like, Hey, if you're going to the gym to look shredded and, you know, try to look better naked, maybe lose some fat, then the only thing that, or not the only thing, but the, the 90% solution is just to make sure that your calories are, are within are basically you're in a calorie deficit if you're trying to lose weight or you're in a calorie surplus. If you're trying to gain weight, it's simple. I, I know like it's crazy that how many people don't think that's the case, but it, it is the case. Um, and it's just been proven so many times, time and time again, that it, it is as simple as, as counting calories. Uh, if you want to lose weight, you make sure you're in your calorie, a calorie deficit. If you want to maintain your current weight, then you're at a calorie balance. And then if you want to gain weight, you're in a calorie surplus. Um, and then the next level of that pyramid is just making sure that you have your macronutrients under control. So like, that's where we start focusing on, okay, are we eating enough protein in a given day, which tends to be the one that we have, we tend to have no issue getting carbs and fat. Um, but protein intake oftentimes is, is one of the harder, more difficult things. And that's the one that we kind of focus on in that course. If you take care of those three things, making sure your calories are accurately calculated and within balance of whatever your goals are, and then you're intaking the right amount of protein, like most other things don't matter. <laughs> and and it's it's simple, but it's not necessarily easy for some people to 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 realize that having you know giant containers of margaritas and other delicious beverages um, count against your calories and probably isn't the, the most beneficial thing for us. So it's easy. It's easy to get off track there, but try to keep it simple. That's, that's the goal here at scale and Dale. And also for water prep is like a lot of times the solution to things is, is actually quite simple. It's just the implementation that might not be easy. Well, and that's kind of the point of the topic. And, you know, again, we're not nutritionists. We'll get a nutritionist on here at some point yeah. to, to give, you know, kind of a more detailed explanation. I just really wanted us to, you know, think about, you know, you're going in to do these pretty difficult workouts and how much should you shouldn't be, you should or shouldn't be fueling going in, you know, kind of the, what goes hand in glove with that. Um, Cause I actually had some people message, have several people have messaged me on this is how do you determine how much you should be going in? Right. I, you know, we all get that FOMO or, you know, fear of missing out when we don't go into the gym. And, and so I think I've had a lot of people reach out saying they're worried that they're not going in enough or they're going in too much. Like when you look at your month, or, you know, week or days, like how often do you think like the average, you know, we're not talking about competitors here. I'm talking about average CrossFitter, mm-hmm. like how many days a week should people be thinking about, you know, or going in or how much time maybe is a better way to view it. Mm. So let's, let's maybe assume that when we say going in, it's for like a class and a class is basically an hour or so of movement, uh, probably 20 minutes of which is like high intensity. For me personally, uh, I really like the, the three day a week kind of like base or benchmark goal. Like that's kind of like baseline where it's like, if you're, if you're able to consistently get in three days per week, even in two days, like two to three days per week, and you do that for a really long time, you are leagues ahead of the person who goes hard for a couple months, five days a week, maybe six days, maybe seven days a week. And then they fizzle out and they stop because consistency over time is the most important aspect of business, uh, investing. Right. Uh, it's the same with fitness consistency over time. I'd much rather like, in 20 years time, if, if we look forward 20 years, the person who is like, Hey, I know I'm not going to get in every day, but I always, I always get two to three days per week. That person is going to be so much more fit 
and in a better mental psyche and probably less injured, right? You have, you're probably less prone to, to overuse injury. Um, when compared to the person who like, is this like, I am absolutely full send. I never miss a day. Um, kind of like emotional exerciser, like I used to be where I would like go in and just be like full send for a couple weeks, maybe even a month or two. And then I would just be like, so burnt out. I just wouldn't go right. for a month. So CrossFit has luckily pulled me out of that mindset and, and, and now moved me over to like this, this consistency thing. Like I only work out like in a gym, in a class, like, I mean, I probably, I don't know if I will this week, maybe I'll get in a workout here in, in Maryland, maybe in Mexico, but like, I mean, we're talking like two to three days per week. And then I, I also stay active with my various hobbies, but um, yeah, I think, I think there are, there is, there are quite a few people who maybe over train or just like over obsess with, I got, Oh man, I, you know, I, I only take Thursdays and Sundays off only, you know, every other day is a training day. And if I miss those, I start to feel guilty about myself. And even if I'm kind of like feeling banged up, like I don't take an extra rest day, I, I think people should be willing and comfortable taking an extra rest day. And what's really interesting, John is like, since moving to this, like actually a couple of my coaches on, on wad prep have talked about this, like since moving from like basically like a more consistent, like five to six days per week, which I had in Japan. And now it's like two to three days per week of like traditional CrossFit. And like, now I just, I also do like things. Like I've shockingly maintained fitness and actually gotten a little bit more fit. I think because the, the sessions that I do get in, with my baseline fitness, the sessions that I do get in, I'm able to put so much more effort and focus into rather than just like getting in and being like, Oh man, I feel so beat up today. Like I can hardly move, but I got to get it in because it's a Friday and Friday's technically not a rest day. Um, so kind of like turning down the, the overall volume and focusing more on like, Hey, I'm getting like three really quality workouts in a week rather than just like forcing myself at, at proverbial gunpoint to get five days or six days in a week, it really has been a positive shift for me. And I've been less injured than ever. I've, my, my weightlifting PRs have stayed the same, but I will caveat that like, that's because I had a baseline of like skill and, and fitness coming into that. I wouldn't suggest that like, I'm not going to claim that everyone's going to make gains and be fitter only working two to three, two or three days per week, working out two or three days per week. But I do think in the long run, it's been healthier for me mentally. It's been healthier for me physically. Um, and again, it's all about consistency over time. So anyway, that's my answer. Two to three days per week over time. I think we have similar probably training methodology, but I think about it differently. So I, I heard Tony Horton say once, I'm a was a big proponent of P90X back in the day. And mm -hmm. the dude's really brilliant and super fit. And he's in his 60s, you know. And uh, his mindset was work out 24 days a month. You have 30 to 31 days in a month, work out 24 days a month, right? Get those six, six or seven rest days anywhere you want them to get them in, have some sort of movement and activity 24 days a month. And so that's the way I view it is like, I look at my week and go, all right, well, if, you know, if I broke that down into a week, I'm going to get four to five quote unquote workouts in this week. I'm not sure they're all going to be what you described, which is, you know, three quality workouts and then, you know, two, you know, one to two something else's. I just go into the week thinking I'm going to do something five times, mm -hmm. you know? I like that. It's like something too. Like I, one thing I even forgot to say was like, it's important to, to understand that like working out for humans, like our body doesn't know that like, Oh, today we are inside of a CrossFit box. And this is considered a workout, but like, I don't know, again, playing sports or running around for, you know, half marathon, whatever, like all these, right. Like, there's so many other things that exist outside of the gym that I would definitely consider exercise. So, yeah. Well, it's, you know, and it, it forces me to vary because I have that thought. Like I, I had a moment last week where I had two back-to-back -back really good training sessions, but I was really sore after, and I'm going into my third day and it's quote unquote, not a rest day, you know? And I'm like, I'll go for a run. And so I went and ran for 30 minutes because I knew I also had to mow the yard that afternoon. So I was really going to get in, you know, arguably, you know, an hour and a half worth of, you know, movement. Are you a push mow guy? 
Yeah. 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 yeah well, there you yard, go. Yard's not big enough for riding mower and I'd rather push it anyway, but yeah. um but yeah i mean that's physical that's another like yard work it's like yeah. it's, it's it's is it hard difficult physical labor for in some aspects no but you're moving uh and it's something that especially as we get older and i mean if you're if, if you're not a, an elite athlete like you do have to understand that like that movement whether whether your brain considers it exercise like it's something to be factored in well, and I think the point is, is like, I view it as I've got to do what's best for my body. So like on that day, I knew going back down into my basement and doing barbell work and, you know, some sort of, you know, fast running Metcon was not going to be good for me. I needed something that was going to be longer that I could pace and, but I wanted movement. And so I ran for 30 minutes and I ran and walked and got my heart rate up. Whoops. That I nearly killed myself because I don't run often. So it's like, what are you doing? Your strain's like 30, you know? <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, I just, I try to vary it up that way for me. And that's for me. And you have to keep in mind, like, I just, I don't compare myself to anyone else. And I think that's for that. That's the real key. Like if you start looking at what other athletes are doing and saying, I have to do that, you're going to quickly find that a, it's not sustainable or obtainable mm -hmm. and, and you'll burn out. Like I was talking to Alex Smith last night. I did a podcast with Alec and Danny, Danny Spiegel. And one of the questions I asked them was, how often do you train? And Alex like, oh, I don't know, four hours a day, five days a week. And then yeah. there's another, you know, two hours worth of body work. I'm like, bro, you're doing six hours worth of stuff a day. And he's like, yeah. You know, he's, he's, like, he's the definition of, of a professional athlete. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, and it's just like, you know, you don't really think about it in those terms. And I'm like, I didn't, I barely did my actual job for six hours today. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, like I, it's just hard for me to fathom. I mean, you, know, you start, but for him, it's his job, you know, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you start comparing yourself to others. Like it's my point is, it's like, I wouldn't compare myself to you. No, like you're younger, faster, fitter. Like it's not a fair oh, comparison. No. Like, or really, I'm not even sure I'd compare myself to anyone, even in my own age group these days, as much as I'm just trying to have longevity and feel good. And that's yes. kind of my point to this is like, you know, when people ask, like, how much, how much time should I work? How often should I work out? That answer is, you know, I'll give the, the Ben Jawalski answer where there's a big. It depends. Big depends. <laughs> and I, I think it depends on how you feel, yeah. you know, and, totally. and you should be able to, you should be able to walk out of that workout not crawl out of that workout. Absolutely. That yeah. the longevity piece, I think is something that again, like moving back at all. The reason I say it depends is because it depends on your goal. Right. Uh, if I knew there were, you know, 15,000 Alex Smith's listening to this podcast, would the answer be, Oh, you only need to train two to three days a week to be highly competitive games athlete. Absolutely not. <laughs> right. Like that is not going to cut it. Um, but for everyone listening, assuming your goal is longevity and, and fitness and, and feeling good and looking good and being able to do it for a long time and be prepared for anything, really, that two to three days worth of consistency, yeah, it could be four or five. It could be five or six. But when you start, you will start seeing diminishing returns if you just are living in the gym all the time. Unless you're trying to be a professional athlete, in which case, probably smart to live in the gym. I used to live in the gym for quite a long time. But if your goal is longevity and fitness um, and to have a, a fun, fun, fulfilled life, then, then don't live in the gym, but just find a way to make it a consistent part of your, of your weekly schedule. Um, and yeah, so I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't assign specific baselines, but the bottom line is uh, you should, you should feel good most of the time, right? We, we shouldn't just have complete and utter, horrible soreness and, and just like feel completely run down and tired and beat up. It's like, I know sometimes CrossFitters as CrossFitters, we kind of get addicted to that feeling, but uh, that can exist and it can happen, but it shouldn't necessarily be a, a state that we're always in because then there's no room for growth and healing. Well, unless you're 50 like me, then you do always feel beat up and run down, but it's just life. You just wake up and you're just yeah. like life. It's, life just, is just, it's just life. It's life, like, in, life in Ohio is just beating me into the dirt. <laughs> That's <laughs> uh, pretty accurate, though. The working man. Yes. The uh, the kind of the final topic, and it kind of segues off of this, Ben, which is you, know, you think about doing these you know workouts three, four, or five times a week. How do you determine when you should be scaling them? I Meaning, we're like mm -hmm. a lot. I think a lot of people listening aren't programming their own workouts. Like uh, you and I program our own stuff typically, but a lot of people aren't. Like, how do when you look at a workout, 
is there something you look at and say, all right, here's my starting point for scaling in most workouts? Hmm. Um, so remember kind of going back to some lessons that we talked about earlier, scaling can be, you can scale reps, you can scale range of motion, you can scale the load. So depending on your specific ability levels as an athlete, they're like scaling reps um, like actually like, so right now, probably cause the crazy amount of pickleball I've been playing, um, my left Achilles is a bit tender, right? Which is very rare. Um, I normally am not injured or whatever, but my left Achilles, I actually noticed was, was a little tender, um, this past week. Never so, seen a humble brag about their Achilles before. That's good. <laughs> it's I, just, I'm just, I'm just like, whoa, what is this? This normally is, this is my Achilles is really fantastic. Just so you normally know. it is the best Achilles that anyone has ever seen. <laughs> Everybody knows me. Everyone my knows Achilles. my Achilles. It's the best. <laughs> so, um, yeah, actually. So this week there was a, a double under workout that I could have done. Um, and I just knew it wasn't, wasn't what I should do. Like, okay, me jumping up and down. It's not like, I needed double unders in my life to prove anything to anyone. So what did I do for the double under workout? I just didn't do it. And I did something else um, because bailed. I knew that yeah, instead of the scale and bail, you just did the bail. It's good. I just bailed, man. I was just like, Hey, I don't need to jump up and down. Like it's feeling tender today. Um, there's, there's no benefit that I will acquire doing double unders other than like, if it actually is something, you know, quote unquote wrong with my Achilles, like, all it's going to do is make it worse. Um, and sure enough, I'm feeling way better today. Uh, and I'll probably go play a bunch of pickleball because I'm not going to ever skip pickleball. That's for sure. Um, but that is an example of just like, that is, if, if you feel something that your body is, is saying like, Hey, this is potentially a sign that we, we might have a little inflammation. This, I'm a little tweaky here. It's okay. To just not do something. Um, but then there's another case of like, uh, I, I joined my, um, my brother, um, and, uh, one of my best friends for a competition class the other day. And it was like, just some, just a beat down for an hour. I mean, it was insane. Um, and I loved every minute of it because I haven't done any of those in a while. And the loading for those workouts, if I was probably a little smarter and didn't have like the ego that I brought in where I'm like, I'm going to beat every single one of you people. Um, <laughs> you know, like you right. know, my brother and my friend and stuff like that. Like I'm going to beat you your ass. Um, if I didn't have that, then I definitely would have scaled the load. Meaning like I would have taken a couple of the heavier barbell movements, like the, the 225 deadlifts that we did, you know, we did like 50 of them or something like that. And I probably would have toned it down a bit. I probably would have gone to 185. Um, but because I definitely brought my ego in there, I was like, nope, I'm doing everything RX and I'm going to beat every one of you, um, specifically Peyton and Derek. Um, and if they're listening, I did beat them, um, which is very <laughs> they're, they're not surprising. Listening. They're not listening at all. Yeah. Um, so that was an example of like, that's where I would scale load and then scaling range of motion. Let's say there's a workout where... Um, it calls for a ton of overhead squats or something like that. And for whatever reason, you're just like, Hey, there's no way that this is happening. Um, or, or, you know, I've never full depth overhead squat, but this workout calls for 45 reps of it, then scale your range of motion, meaning like squat to a box squat to something that's slightly above parallel or, or just squat, do half squats, um, you know, get a barbell overhead and do, do the movement, but maybe don't necessarily, you know, talk with your coach or, and be like, Hey, listen, like this full range of motion isn't happening for me today, or I, I'm not prepared for this, or I've never done this full range of motion. So therefore I'm going to use this as my new standard. And that's why I really like squatting to a target in that instance, because it kind of keeps you accountable to your depth, even if that depth isn't, isn't fully below parallel. So again, always it depends, but, but if you look at it through the lens of like today, I have a workout. I do not know if I am capable or ready or feeling well enough to do this workout as it's prescribed. So you have the option to scale the reps that you do, um, which, you know, in the double under instance, I could have like have the reps maybe and been okay. You can always scale the reps. You can scale the range of motion and you can scale the loading that's on that barbell or the loading that's, that's 
on whatever weight apparatus you're using. But if you always look through it, that lens, some combination of reps, range of motion and, and load can always be scaled. And that's kind of like, that's what we're doing. And then I guess in that you can also scale your time. You know, if it's a 20 minute AMRAP and you're like, Hey, not happening today, not feeling it. You can always scale to 12 minutes or 15 minutes. Um, but it, it's always, it depends. Every workout's different, but those three different ways of scaling, I think are the things that I always try to remind athletes of. I'm always interested how similar we are in mindset, but I, I do look at this a little differently. And beauty. I mean, and beauty. Yeah. And beauty. Um, so I look at, I have three things I look at. I think they're really similar to what you're doing. So I always start with load personally, Uh um, for two reasons. Now I find this equal though, to my second point, the reason I start with load is most CrossFit workouts, um, at least in my experience have some sort of barbell or some, some, something heavy in them, not all of them, but obviously a lot. And you see like difficult gymnastics movements less often. So that's why I start with load, but the gymnastics movement is kind of equal to me of something I'm going to look at. For me, I look to see what's the most difficult part of that. So if there's more than one barbell movement, so I'll give you an example. I did a workout last week that had uh, deadlifts, um, push press and overhead squats. And so I wanted, I looked at it and said, all right, of those three, I've got a scale to the one that's going to be hardest to do because I obviously a deadlift and you're using one barbell. And so you're not going to overhead squat the same weight you're deadlifting. You're just not, or you shouldn't, you know? Um, And so I, in this case, scaled the overhead squat and technically my deadlift became scaled because I picked the weight I wanted to use for the overhead squat. Right. You found your limiting factor in the workout and said, I'm going to base my scaling on this limiting factor. Right. And I apologize for the, the video that's going on right now for those that end up watching this on YouTube, but it's early morning. There's sunlight coming through my window and now I'm all washed out. Um, yeah, so that's can, the, John. I know. So that's the first thing I look at is like, what's the difficulty level of the, the barbell? And I scale mm-hmm. to that. Um, the second thing I look at then are the difficulty of the movements. Is there a high skill movement? And so there are some high skill movements that I almost always scale muscle ups being one for me, uh, rope climbs, like those are for me, and this is just me personally, not all athletes, but for me, those are high risk, low reward movements to now I can do them and I will do them as a skill in skill work, but to do them in high reps as fast as I can under fatigue at 51 years old, and I'm not training for a competition just doesn't really make sense, you know? So, so I scale those almost always. And so I, you know, will often have the debate between myself if both of those things show up in a workout. So then I will decide, am I scaling them both or am I just going to scale one? And now I move to my third point and say, well, what's the intention of the workout? And that's how I do it is I say, all right, if the intention of the workout is for speed, then I'm probably going to scale them both. Mm-hmm. If they're both difficult movements for me, if the intention of the workout is maybe to build strength, then maybe I'm going to go heavy on one and scale the other to protect myself. You know, and there's a lot of different things, you know, a lot of different intentions that could happen. So these are just examples, but for me, it really becomes more about how am I going to meet the intention of what my coach is trying to get through my training for that week? And what are we trying to build on? Uh, and, and how can I protect myself? Because mm-hmm. to it, kind of our earlier point, like this is all about longevity. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't make sense to go, well, I'm just going to go in and try to do all these muscle ups as fast as I can and blow your shoulder out. And then you're done for a few months. Like, you know, why would you do that? You know, and I think that often comes from people comparing themselves to others. And it's really easy in a CrossFit gym to see a whole bunch of people out there doing muscle. You know, you come in the class before you's going and you see all these people doing muscle ups and friends that, you know, you hang out with. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you're like, well, I can do that. I need to do that. You know, I yeah. can do that many. And next thing you know, you're injured. You know? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen uh, people allow themselves to get wrapped up in the, well, they did it. So, so can I, and I, you know, I've let myself do that a lot of times, but again, always, you got to always come back to what is your goal? Like, is your goal to win that day's workout or is your goal to, go to a gym where you can go in consistently and have a good time. You know, it's like, right. for me, I, it, 
I always tend to get pulled into like, well, I'm going to win today. You know, like this is my right. competition, but that, that to me is why I really enjoy CrossFit. Like I, I do get wrapped up in, in, in the day to day environment of competition, not necessarily, you know, trying to be the best in the world and, and compete on the actual competitive landscape. But right. so it's okay to compete, but if competing means I, and you know, I've seen a lot of athletes do this. Like if competing means you are just, absolutely beating yourself into the dirt and your and your hands are bleeding and you're like oh i'm just like my shoulders in so much pain but i'm just gonna power through because i'm hardcore it, you're just it, it's just it's silly like you're being antithetical to the the end goal which i assume for most people listening here again is longevity longevity and health in fitness so it's like is keep that your main goal, keep the main thing, the main thing, and then uh, scale and bail off of that. Don't, don't allow like a particular person or workout to just like completely flip your um, identity. Like I use that example. It's called a grunt class. I actually went to a gym called 720 athletics in Denver and they have like a competitors, like just nasty hour long, almost like uh Almost like, uh, oh my gosh, what the heck is the guy's name? I'm totally blanking. Who who used to write those like hour long beatdowns? Um, oh my gosh, Pat Sherwood. Yes, Pat Sherwood. I was like Sherman Sher- Sher- he still He still writes those, by the way. Yeah, so so it was like a Pat Sherwood style workout. Where it was just like an out, you know, run clock hour long, just like beatdown session. It was so much fun because I hadn't done that in a while. The only reason I didn't scale and bail that. Yes, I, I was competing with people and, and, you know, I'm doing exactly what I'm telling everyone not to do. But the reason is because, like, I came into that class fresh, knowing that I had the, the capacity to do everything. And the only thing that was going to really tax me was just, like, the, the mental fatigue and the volume of trying to get that much work done. But right. I, knew, I knew deep down that I had the ability to do it. And that's why everything was fine and I felt great afterwards. It wasn't this instance of letting other people pull me out of my ability level and, and potentially cause disaster. Cause you don't want disaster when you're, when you're smashing your head against the ground doing handstand pushups <laughs> and trying to deadlift. Um, so yeah, do it all with a grain of salt and remember the, remember like the three main ways to scale. And normally when I walk athletes through like back when I used to coach class, when I walk them through like, Hey, you can scale, um, you can scale your reps, you can scale maybe your range of motion, or you could scale the, the weight on the bar, the load. Uh, what are you, what are you thinking of? And a lot of times the athletes can come up, huh? Yeah, maybe I'll like, I can actually do that weight. I just won't do 45 reps. I'll do 21 reps instead. And then all of a sudden it's like, aha, th- there are other ways to scale other than just being like, Oh, the bar's 225 pounds. I'm just not going to do that. Right. There, there, there are ways to scale in creative ways that I think give us that stimulus that we're looking for and, uh, and ultimately help our reach our goals. Yeah. And, you know, I guess the last thing I would say on it, um, you know, talk to your coach, you know, if you go in, if you've listened to this and you get some, you know, some ideas of what you're wanting to do, you look at your gym's workout, you're like, all right, I think I know I want to go scale this, like go talk to your coach, tell them what you're thinking, make sure it fits, you know, a, what they're programming for, you know, the stimulus for the gym for the day, the workout, that sort of thing. Um, You know, and if you have questions or, you know, you're not really sure, maybe what you should look at, feel free to DM us, you know, hit us up on the scale and bell podcast, uh, Instagram page. We're happy to, you know, answer those questions for you or just give you some ideas around some things you could do. But, you know, first and foremost, always talk to your coach There's nothing I uh, am going to hate more than if I start getting nasty DMS from coaches all pissed off at me. Cause now mm-hmm. athletes are scaling their 20 minute workouts down to 10 minutes and not telling, telling them. <laughs> Yeah, they come in. They come in, and there's like Murph or something yeah. like that. And you know, it's like, hey, I'm I'm going to do a four minute AMRAP of, uh, you know, jumping pull ups or something like that. It's like, wait, what? Yeah, because um, Ben yeah, and John told me to. Cool. It actually be really cool to have a couple uh, submitted workouts from users where you have to be specific. I mean, we need the weights and loadings and and ability levels, but that would be cool to do like a little breakdown of like, hey, you know, right off the top of my head, here's how I'd potentially scale right, this well, workout for that athlete. Well, that'll be the homework assignment for listeners. So if you guys have a workout, you want us to break down on the air, DM it to us. We'll uh, shout out your name. We'll read it. And maybe we'll do next few episodes. We'll do one per episode. I think that could be we, fun. Yeah. Good That'd be cool to add in to the segment. And then also if there's skills involved. I can always 
talk about how to learn skills. That's why'd you do the things. creepy little hands thing when you did skills? Why is it? Because that creepy? I'm just a creep. I'm a creepy coach. I taught I a ring muscle up seminar at CrossFit Miramont in Fort Collins. Uh, had a blast and had like it was like the most receptive muscle up clinic I've ever run. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was like I guess this was last week. Uh, there was like there was like seven people in class that out of ten or twelve that hit like huge muscle up PRs. It was amazing. So I'm still riding that high. Oh, well, there you go. Well, I still well, got it, John. Still you still got, got it. it. Still got it. In between your pickleball and your traveling, you can still, still come got up. It. So good to hear. They crushed it. All right. Well, this has been fun. Uh, for everyone that you know follows along, we're going to be in Austin in a couple of weeks. So we'll be down there for the Rogue Invitational. Uh, ben will be there longer than me, but I'll be there for a couple of days. And we'll be at the UCAN booth. Uh, I'm just going to eat barbecue the whole time. Yeah, we're going to do some meet and greets and we'll certainly eat some barbecue. We got invited, by the way, into someone's suite. Uh, I got a DM on it of uh, someone who had us has suite tickets. So actually, you know what? I'm pretty sure they message uh, my operations manager. Chris was like messaging me about that, saying I think he got a a message on Reddit. um, And there are like seven or so tickets to the suite that are up for grabs. Um, So if you're going to be there and I'm going to be there, we might as well just like post them on Instagram. Yeah, just have, have someone come hang out with us. Yeah, well, so we'll be there. So if you guys, uh, if you're going to be in Austin for the Rogue Invitational, shoot us a DM. You can hit us up on our personal Instagram pages or on the Scale and Bail, and we'll let you know where we're going to be while we're there. We don't have an agenda as it stands right now, but uh, we'd love to meet people. It'll be fun. Yep, I'm definitely, so I'm going to be there Monday the 25th through uh, November 1st, which is the following Monday. I'm looking for barbecue. Obviously, I have a list of, uh, I think, seven places so far. Um, and I'm also, I need a Halloween costume as well. Cause you know, obviously I'm thinking about being Quint from Jaws. No, no, no. I've you know? got it. You, you should be Achilles. I, uh, uh, you're so funny. I know. Just I lumping around. Yep. Just lumping around. It'd be good. You're so funny. I'm going to be John Woolley. That's what I'm going to be. I'm going to shave my head. I would love to see that actually. That'd be epic. Just impersonate you. Yeah. That'd be epic. That'd be good. I'm going to go as, uh, I'm going to go with Sean Woodland. Or maybe Eric Rosa. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. It's going to be my costume. Anyway. All right. What's well, been fun, Ben, as usual. Uh, hope you have a safe trip. And uh, for everyone listening, we will chat with you guys soon. Peace.